Hello and welcome back to the RevOps Show. Before we get into anything today, I do want to warn you that you may hear some tiny voices here and there in the background. It's just what happens when you work and record from home and spring break rolls around. Now, today's episode summed up is probably going to cause some confusion, bring some chaos, and maybe some disruption to the RevOps world because Doug is really focusing today on when RevOps isn't right for a business. Dun, dun, dun. You'll see what I mean in the examples he walks through. I won't let you wait any longer. Let's get started. Jess. Doug. I need to apologize to all of our listeners. Why? Because last week when I recited the lineup for the Reds, I mentioned I couldn't remember the third baseman and the left fielder and the third baseman was Pete Rose. How do you forget Pete Rose? I don't know how you forget Pete Rose. I don't know how I let you forget Pete Rose. See that? And then, and the left fielder was Ken Griffey. How do you, Ken Griffey Sr., how do you forget Ken Griffey Sr.? If you're, it's true. So it's true. I apologize and I'm going, I'm going back to um, baseball kindergarten school. I'm picking up my baseball almanac, my Bill James abstract. But as I told you, Doug, it is not baseball season yet, because while we're recording this, we are in the midst of March Madness. So it's are still we, basketball season. What is, isn't the midst the middle? Because <laughs> well, we're like on day two of March. We're on day two. But I thought it was over. I thought basketball season was over. Didn't Kentucky it's, lose to it's over. It's over. it's over for me. It's over for me. And I'm going to get to hear about this for the next year now. <laughs> year? Well, until until next season, until next next year's uh, tournament. Well, when did you become such an optimist? I don't know, Doug. I mean, I'm becoming optimistic in my old age. I mean, think about it. You know, let's just say five years from now, through some <sighs> random set of events, Kentucky wins the national championship. Yeah. Do you know what I? You know what I'm going to say, right? But they lost to St. Peter's in the first. No, I'm going to say. Remember when they lost to that team that had a basketball budget of 1.5 million dollars when. Kentucky said coach Don Calipari was being paid $9 million. You know, I blame myself for this. Cause I brought it up. <laughs> and I, and I think their center is being paid $1.2 million. I'm just kidding. But I'm bum. <laughs> All right. We are not here to talk about uh, the tournament as much as I'd like to. We, uh, you have a story for us today, Doug. I do. I had a hard day yesterday, Jeff. Did you? I did. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a little hesitant to, to share this because while certainly I had a guy I worked with, he was a client. Um, we became good friends. And um, over time he finally realized he said, Doug, basically the only reason you work with clients is so that you have stories to write about or tell people about, right? Like the only reason you work with clients is so you can blog. Right. And I said, well, you know, that's not, not as, <laughs> off as maybe you think it is um you know what so i always like to use the real world experience we have working with clients as as the fodder for um what we talk about a i try to keep it you know completely anonymous um which i'm gonna do by mm -hmm. the way I, but i try to keep it so not, and as a matter of fact, i take i take pride in the vast majority of blogs that i write that are about a specific client they don't realize that it's about them and i always i always kind of enjoy that like I, they'll, they'll reach out to me. Something. Oh, you know, dog, that blog is really good. It, it's weird. Cause we were just talking about that. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, no kidding. We were just, <laughs> didn't, didn't you recognize the back pattern? Um, and, and, and so, you know, 
this whole move excitement hype, yes, I'm going to call it hype around revenue operations. Um, there, there are like, as, as I'm looking at all these people talking about revenue operations, one of the things more often than not that that's like the question that if I could have them in a five or 10 minute conversation where everyone had to tell the absolute truth, I would ask the question based on this hypothesis, what is RevOps not responsible for, right? What, what is the role of the head of sales? What is the role? What, what's the head of sales responsible for? What's the head of marketing responsible for? What's the CEO responsible for? What's the senior executive responsible for? The senior executive team responsible for, right? Um, and there's also this, you know, I mean, again, I think you fall into the pattern of when you see the world through your solution, you become a hammer. So everything is a nail. Yeah. And so everybody needs RevOps. And, and I want to emphasize that RevOps exists, whether you call it that or not, right? So those functions are taken care of. The, the point of saying, so it's like if you say everyone needs RevOps and, and your statement is, is along the lines of what I just said, that mm-hmm. the activities are, then, then saying everybody needs Rev, RevOps is, is meaningless, right? When you say every company needs RevOps, when you're saying when or when do you need RevOps? Mm-hmm. You're you're talking about, or you should be talking about, at least in my humble opinion, you should be talking about when does RevOps need to begin to take on a a, a formal role? When does when 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 does the discipline need to be called out and 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 separated from? You know, be, because while certainly I don't think anyone would agree that every company, regardless of its size, needs sales, right? No one's running around saying every company needs sales talking about a one person company or a 50,000 person company in the same way they're saying everybody needs. I mean, cause, cause again, going back to my point is if, if we're talking about the activities that everybody needs sales, everybody needs marketing, everybody needs accounting, everybody needs operations. Yeah. Yes. Congratulations. You've actually communicated. <laughs> Sorry if I'm offending anybody. Nothing. So, so we've got a client and I really like this client. I mean, I, really I do like too. Them. I do too. Yeah. I, I think, I think they're a good company. I think they've got a really good product. I think they've got a tremendous amount of potential. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they hired us big. Yeah. Or for not big, but they hired us fairly good size for revenue operations. Mm-hmm. And um, and actually, I'm probably gonna have this conversation with them next week. I don't think they should have. I don't think they should have revenue operations. I don't think revenue operations is the or or at least like. They're, they're, they're at this place where they could have revenue operations, but if they're having revenue operations at the expense of what some of what I'm going to talk about today, mm-hmm. then they, they, they shouldn't have revenue operations. Because do they have revenue operations problems? Yes. Right? They have revenue operations problems. Yeah. By the way, everybody has revenue operations problems, even those companies that have the best revenue operations teams on the planet. I was going to ask you who doesn't have revenue operations right. problems. Right. right. <laughs> But do they have a revenue operations problem? No, that's not their problem, right? Um, and and so if it is at all a choice, there, they, this is an example of where they should make a different choice. And I, and I thought it would be good on the RevOps show, the predominant show defining the discipline of revenue operations in business. Um, do you think we can get that to, that should um, be our tagline <laughs> that, that 
you know, it's important to talk about when is when is revenue operate when when is revenue operations the wrong focus. And 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 by the way, I I really hope that people and I really hope that some of the revenue operations practitioners that might be listening to this will will address their disagreements with me because the what I'm going to talk about if if you follow the path that I'm on that, that I'm going to likely talk about today, it's going to lead to disruption. It's going to lead to some confusion and chaos. It's going to lead to suboptimal performance in, in, in areas, et cetera. Right. And, and so I, I hope that they call that out so that there can be a dialogue as to, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're a living entity, you have problems. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, there's no, there's no choice pattern. Like if I make these choices, I won't have any problems. Like if, I mean, I wish there was, I wish you could. Right. But it's always a question of like the, the decision you have to make is what as best you can is what problems are you going to have? Um, and, and I'm going to stop in a second to let you kind of dig into this, but early, early, like one of the very first people that I talked to when imagine had started and we were imagine sales advisory, knew me from stuff that I had done previously, brought me in because he said, look, I think my sales team needs work. And mm-hmm. I love how you've talked about selling. I think you can help my sales team. And I said, okay, we came and I did an assessment. And when I finished, I said to him, I said, look, here's the problem. You don't have a sales problem right now. Mm-hmm. I said, you want to have a sales problem. What yeah. you need to do is those things so that your problem can be sales. I said, but the problem is if I went in and worked with your salespeople and you know demonstrated how they should sell, at least from my perspective, how they should sell, I will actually create far more disruption than you have right now because y- you have no message, right? And, and so if I start talking to your salespeople about doing things, either A, they're not going to be able to grasp on anything because there's no message, or, or B, they're going to start digging into a place and the expectations are going to be completely off and and you're not going to be able to, you're, you're not going to be built to deliver. Yep. And so um, that's kind of the, the thought that I'm saying is that, you know, I want revenue. Like when revenue operations becomes your problem, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're in good shape. I think I've said this before. Revenue operations is more than anything else, a good to great focus. It's not, yep. it's not a bad, you know, you, you know me, I say there's, there's bad, there's not bad or broken, not broken. Yeah. Um, good or working, excellent or great, right? So it's it, it's definitely not a bad to not bad, you know, broken to not broken discipline. It it begins to emerge at from not broken to working, but it's really a discipline of working to excellent, right? And so when revenue operations is your problem, you know, congratulations, you're in good shape. I will stop my monologue now. So. If, if their problem is not a RevOps problem, what, what is their problem? From my perspective, mm-hmm. their problem is a go-to-market strategy problem. And, and, and what I would say to, to make it, to bring it into our RevOps metaphors, they, they have a lack of force problem. What does that mean, a lack of force problem? So if you think about the underlying role of RevOps, why RevOps? RevOps is about reducing negative friction. Or, or what I would actually say is it's about optimizing the friction quotient, right? So what good RevOps does, and actually we just did something earlier today 
for a brand new team that's going to be launching where I, I think they have like a 6% adoption rate. Um, <clears throat> I'll share this as an example. So th this is where we're bringing friction. So there's going to be a set uh, marketing nurture in, in the three most common instances of a new lead. Now we know that reps are going to have concern, you know, coming out of nowhere where there's been no coordination to you know, mm -hmm. marketing is now communicating to your people. There's always going to be a little bit of, so, so we are going to give the rep control, mm -hmm. right? But the control is you have to opt the person out, not opt the person in. Yeah. So this person will be enrolled unless you specifically select not to. Now, I know that's not a brand. I mean, I know other people do that, but that's an example of where, you know, it, it's the question of where do you want to put the friction? Mm -hmm. um, and so what we did is we, we made the path of least resistance doing it right? Because we want you to do it. And we've made it just a little bit harder for you to not do it. Right. So you're creating friction. You're not reducing friction. Well, it depends which I'm, I'm reducing friction for the path that we want because you don't have to do anything. Right. By the way, you want to know what the real trick of this is? The real brilliant of the move is? What? What is CRM adoption? It's logging into the CRM and using the CRM. Yeah. Right? Like the hardest thing to get somebody to do when we're talking about adoption is just get into the CRM. Once you're yeah. in, half the game's done. Well, guess what? To to not adopt the program, <laughs> you have to log have into to the CRM. The CRM. <laughs> not just log in, I have to use it. Yeah. Log into the CRM, go to the contact, mark the field, mark the property. Yeah. So so again, like so you know, we think if, if you think of the the flywheel as as the metaphor for growth, whether whether you're using the HubSpot inbound flywheel or just the metaphor of the flywheel. Yep. Right force, you know, two parts of it, increase force, reduce yep. friction, you know, reducing friction. And, and again, what I would say is optimizing friction, optimizing friction requires a level of force or there's no juice. Right. And, yep. and, and so, you know, there, there, there needs to be, you know, there is not a clear narrative. There is not a clear message. So what ends up happening is for this company, the message keeps falling into you know, keeps falling to a, a product focused, not always feature, but often feature focused. <clears throat> and by the way, the product, the discipline that's impacted is a, you know, it, it, it's a required component mm -hmm. of the business. It's not something, it's never something the business wants to do. You know, it, it is required by law that they do this. Right. And, and, yeah. you know, here's what I learned when people want to do things, you don't have to require it. Right. Right. So this is, you know, this is doing things that, you know, that are required. And, you know, I, I used to say this to people that sold, you know, I worked with a company that, that provided um, employee benefits and, and the problem, their problem was they were constantly stuck in, you know, price shopping comparisons. They were down to the benefits manager in the company. You know, they were making the argument that they were a, you know, recruiting advantage. They were a growth advantage, et cetera. Yeah. And I said, look, here's the thing. And, you know, they were, they were selling to a, um, to a smaller mid-market company. So their ideal customer. And what they said is when, when we can sit with the CEO, we win business because we're able to show the CEO that employee benefits is different than what they realize. And I said, okay, but here's the problem. The problem is whenever employee benefits is brought up to a CEO, is it ever good news? No. Right. As the person who usually brings it up, no, it's not good news. Right. Is it ever like, you know, <laughs> So, so if you're, 
at all connected talking about that, then no, you're not going to get, you know, the, the audience. Um, so, so again, anytime this subject is brought up, it, it's brought up because, you know, it's always a problem. It's always a, uh, right. So it doesn't matter how good your product is. If, if the why of your product with empathy, right? Like that, um, I had this conversation earlier today with, with actually a great client that's perfect for, you know, that is at the right point. Um, though they do also need more force. Yeah. You know, I talked, I said, look, you know, they, they, they have a, a product segmentation that's all over the place. And, I, and so I asked them, I said, look, in every vertical, at every market size, on every product that you have, you guys have the exact same top competitor. Do you know who that is? Um, actually, you should probably listen to this part of the, the recording um, because they were like, oh, no, no, no. And they, they started to go, like, they were getting ready to go, you know, I am absolutely wrong. And they had put some faith, you know, like they put a lot of faith into us as we're leading them through yep. this strategic exercise, which by the way, is technically not a RevOps exercise. This is a go-to-market strategy exercise that we're doing for them. Yep. Okay. Um, and, and my, you know, when I finally said your number one competitor is the status quo. Oh, and they okay. were like, that's exactly what they did. They were like, oh, <laughs> right. And, yeah. and I said, so, so you have to understand, like they, they, they talked about in one of their situations, by the way, this is not about the client that I'm telling this story about. This is the other one for one of their products, the way that the company, the way their target market solves the problem is they use outside consultants to mm -hmm. manage this. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, when I originally asked what problem do you solve, their answer was, was time because it's a tech solution. We're going to, we automate processes. And right. I, I pointed out, well, look, if I've outsourced this to a consultant, I don't have any, you haven't done anything for time for me. As a matter of fact, you're going to take more time because now I'm bringing this in house and at least I have to set it up. Right. Yeah. So, so the context of that status quo is completely different than a different product for them that is, you know, enterprise oriented is using an existing technology, et cetera. It's like, so you can't like those pieces, you can't make it the same thing. Um, and, and, and so there's a narrative there, you know, there's a positioning that needs to be there. There's, there's no sales methodology. There's no clear, there's no clear sales process. There's no one responsible for the process the, and the person responsible for the process is the CEO, not unusual mm -hmm. who's involved in some very heavy duty things right now and doesn't have, you know, they're, they're neither trained or educated on, on the sales side of things, but, but there's also a major time element. And so like a large part of what RevOps does well is they solve upstream problems. So you don't have to address them down. They solve problems upstream. So you don't have to address them downstream. Right. But I can't, you know, no one can solve an upstream problem. Basically, it's solving the problem before it happens, right? There's no right. in real life we're going upstream, just in case anyone's wondering. So if I don't know clearly where you're going, I can't predict getting in front of the path to begin to clear that path away. So I think this go-to-market piece is something that's interesting, and we haven't really hit on this a lot. But I was, I was actually going to say that the challenge of not having that is you lose the plot. And this is what's happening no. with the client. No, you don't lose the plot. There is no plot. There is no plot. Okay. So, so there's no plot to be lost. There is no plot. And, and this is the challenge we keep running into with the, with the client that you're telling the story about is it's like, we don't even have a sense of, should we be doing this? Why are we doing this? 
because there is no plot. Yeah, see, you know, it, it's it's interesting. One of the things, you know, and, and I've seen it in, in a lot of the TV shows where, the, you know, there's the president and, and um, other you know, real presidents have, that have said this as well. By the time it gets to my desk, and I'm speaking of the president of the United States, by the time it gets to my desk, there is no right answer, right? Yep. <laughs> you know, all, all, all the things that are clear, they, they, those, those are done, right? So, right? Someone else has handled that. By the time it gets yep. to here, they're, you know. The problem when you don't have a plot, the problem when you don't have clear go-to-market strategies, you have nothing to trade off against. Well, well, RevOps's fundamental element, the way you, the way you reduce optimized friction, is to manage the trade-offs yep. towards. So, what is your narrative? What what is your positioning? What is your messaging? What's the economic model? What's the, you know, what what's the in the economic model? What's the sales model? What's the demand generation model? What's the business model? Those are all things that create your guideposts that enable you to anticipate because the problem is when choices come in, you know, these are smart people, stupid choices. They're, they're not, they're not a big problem. The problem is, right. you know, this could work. This could work. This could work. Everything could work. Yeah. How do you trade off? How do you make the choice? There is right. Like there's no wrong choice but there's a choice that's out of alignment. And so if you don't have that go-to-market strategy, which is about, you know, defining, like, it's not just the, like, we, I think we get lost in vision of this idea of, of vision and dream. No, vision is a, you know, creates a, a destination. It creates a clear destination. It, you know, it, it creates a clear inflection point, consolidation point. Like, I, I want to call it more than a waypoint. Which is which is what enables you to align. Because remember, you know, every graphic that you look at that talks about alignment starts off with arrows going in every single direction and finishes with all arrows going in exactly the same direction. Which if you had all arrows going in exactly the same direction, you know what you would not have? You would not have diversity. Mm -hmm. Right? And diversity is an interesting thing of all elements of diversity. Right. So diversity, when we talk about diversity, diversity and inclusion, diversity, when we talk about diversity of knowledge, diversity of mindset, you know, all those things. If you look at dynamic, high velocity, anything but organizations, mm -hmm. you find that they are, you know, there's a high level of diversity. Do you know where else you see high levels of diversity in explosions, in absolute crap piles? Right. Because diversity of like diversity is not aligning. Diversity is disruptive, right. right? And so, what what operations does, especially you know revenue operations, what what alignment is about is 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 aligning to destination, so that that chaos creates propulsion, as opposed to just an explosion. But that's what so you get with diversity. So that was going to be my question. One of my questions is what are the things that you need to do so your problem can be RevOps? Are you saying you got to create some explosions for, for your problem to be RevOps? Yeah. If I'm not generating enough momentum in my pipeline, RevOps doesn't solve that problem. Yeah. Actually, that's another important point. Cause, cause so there is a conception out there that RevOps owned all of that. So RevOps is supposed to drive all these things. Are you, is that Which not then the says, what is the VP of sales supposed to do? <laughs> and, and, and I mean this, I mean this sincerely to anyone that's listening that, 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 that practices RevOps. If you disagree with what I'm saying, I'm, 
I am genuinely interested in your point of view, right? And and the answer that I won't take is, well, RevOps's job is to collaborate with and under, okay, fine. Who are they collaborating with? <laughs> right? See, see the, the, the problem is, and I think this is where some people get lost in RevOps is they, they work somewhere or they saw something or they like, and this is, this is why I, I never liked being called a consultant because my experience with consultants is they learned that, you know, they, they learned some things either by, by practice or by study. They created a game plan. They created their playbook, their playbook worked, and that's their playbook. Yep. And so they come in and, and, and so they have deep expertise in their playbook and, um, and they come in and they morph you to their playbook. And to them, this is how you do it. And, and, and that is why more often than not, a good consultant specializes in verticals, um, types of companies, segments, you know, be, because what I do here doesn't apply over there. We've always fought vertical specialization. But one of the reasons for that is, A, I believe that, you know, again, diversity of, I think there's a lot of value in diversity. So yeah, you know, it, it, they're all the same sets of problems. They just show themselves differently. And and so, um, you know, the reason that we can do it and the reason that it excels and, and people are sometimes, you know, they come in doubting us, but they really like oh, yeah. what, what that, and then they realize, oh, wow, it is there. And that's because we don't have a preset game plan. We don't have a preset playbook. Right. Right. So, so my job, and by the way, I would say this is especially true for anybody that's providing RevOps services. Right. Because if you're providing RevOps services, it's not your company. You don't, you can't make that decision. Right. Right. It, that decision has to come from the inside. And, and so if someone doesn't own, okay, what is the methodology? What is the process? You know, where is the focus going to be? Where are we going to take resources away? Look, there are some things that you can do that just eliminate friction. In all cases, it just eliminates friction. And I am all for doing those things. That That's not typically where the big juices, you know, where the big juice right. for the squeeze comes from. Okay. It, it is in, in eliminating friction here, you're creating friction somewhere else. Right. Yeah. So, so like, you know, the decision the we made, is it opt in or opt out says, where yeah. are we going to place the friction, but there's going to be friction. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and by the way, if we're only looking at promotional forces, those things that make it easier or more obvious to do, and we're not utilizing inhibiting forces, then we're, we're yinning without yanging. We're zigging without zagging. We're, you know, you're, you're a left-handed boxer against a boxer, right? You ain't gonna, it ain't gonna play well. Right. And, and so, you know, RevOps's job should like, when RevOps becomes the people who are saying, this is how you do it, that's when they create their own internal disruption. And that's why salespeople begin to revolt against them. That's why, you know, I worked for a company, they had sales operations and we called them the, you know, they were the department of sales prevention. I, I, I was in sales ops at one time. So, right. And, and we said, you know, their job was to figure out all the creative oh. ways to make it harder for us to make a sale. Well, and I think as, as somebody who's kind of gone on their own RevOps journey, having worked here, I think that that unlocked a lot of things for me when I realized that, oh, that, that piece, that's not my job to dictate that. My job is to get the understanding of that so I can make a recommendation on what, 
how are we going to handle this and, and what are the trade-offs and being able to make a recommendation on that path and, and not being the one to dictate, you know, the, the, the strategy. Of it. And, and, and one of the, one of the elements here is if RevOps is going to sustain itself and not become a drag or not become the bad guys, they have to be able to reinforce the why it always has to come back yeah. to the why, why are we doing this? Right. If, if I can't get to the why and realize RevOps, you have a major sales and marketing job. It's all internal, you know, yep. in the same way that that your sales and marketing team have to bring the narrative to the market for why they need your product or service. You have to bring the why. So when we come in and say you should not move deal cards, you should only be checking off. Yes. Why are we doing that? Right. Well, no, no, no. That's too difficult. OK, wait. Why are we doing that? Yep. And, and the why isn't, well, remember you want consistency of data. Oh, no. I have news no. for everybody. Nobody <laughs> wants consistency of data. They may need consistency of data, but they don't want it. They want what consistency of data will bring. Right. Right. They, you know, so, so, and, and, and if it doesn't mean something important becomes easier, good, and, or, and something important bad becomes less likely, if it doesn't connect, to that, then it's not going to sustain. You can't manage that trade-off or you're going to be in this constant zigzag. And I see this happening and, and we're in the early stages of these people rolling out RevOps. Yeah. And so they're fixing this. And then, and then all the, you know, then you're in this pendulum and you get kicked back and then you get kicked back and then you get kicked back. And yeah. because again, you're always going to have an inefficiency. Your job is to be inefficient where you should be inefficient. Right. Right. And, and that's not like the reason that I think RevOps should be peer to sales and marketing when you get to the strategic, when you get to strategic RevOps is the, di the, the, the diversity of viewpoint, right? Sales should be opportunistic. Marketing should be long-term, right? Yep. Left to their own devices, sales would lose all their margin over time and, and, and go out of business because of margin compression mm -hmm. and marketing would be creating wonder, joy, and education <laughs> with no revenue, right? If you take them to their logical extremes and yes, everybody, I'm exaggerating for effect, right? You know, to a large part revenue operations job is to kind of bring those two things together. You know what? Actually the senior team's job is to create the, the focal point. That was the word I was looking for, the focal point, right? Without focal point, you can't have velocity. And so now, because anybody who's not watching doesn't know that it's spring break for Jess and her kids. So Jess is actually talking it to us right now. So I'm going to- We have tiny visitors. We have tiny visitors, but we're good. <laughs> right. So so if, you know, th those are the decisions that have to be made internally. And by the way, here's the thing about sales that, that, that people have to understand. Sales is going to do what sales does. Yep. Sales is going to do what sales is. And you know what? They probably should not, in, in, in all fairness. And so if their job's to make sales, they're going to do what they're going to do, right? And, and if you make it too burdensome, then you're less likely, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the problem with diet, right? If, if, if your approach to managing friction is restrictive, this good, this bad, then it's only a matter of time before they binge. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so there needs to be that force there. I mean, th think about this, you know, I, I think revenue operations is a lot of um, 
jujitsu for lack of a better word in that the, the, you know, the job is to take the momentum and get it, get it more in alignment to the vocal point. That's how you accelerate velocity. Right. Yeah. With, and by the way, if, if you're accelerating your velocity with greater burn, that that's not world-class operations. That might be where you need to be, but that is about purely increased force. Right now, there might be some operations reducing friction so, so that it doesn't, you know, the, there's some of it there. But if your burn is increasing, then, you know, if, it, if it's costing me more and more and more to get things done, then it, it might be necessary. But but let's not let's not fool ourselves by looking at our growth rate and saying, look, we're growing it. OK, what what velocity is, is getting more juice for the squeeze which means there has to be a focal point. No focal point, you can't have velocity. You can only have speed. Yep. Right? And and it's not revenue operations job to determine the focal point. Revenue operations job is to is to manage is is to help manage the trade-offs and to identify and work on and optimize those friction points to enable remember to meet the revenue objectives while solving for the customer understanding what solving for the customer. And by the way, solving for the customer does not mean the customer is always right. It does not right. mean give the customer whatever they want. Right. Right. And it means, it means uh, you're implementing your solution hypothesis. Right. And, yep. I, and I can tell you as, as a company with a strong point of view, if we implement our solution hypothesis, if we play our game, A, we don't lose a lot right now, knock on wood. And I mean, I, I don't mean that just from a sales standpoint. I mean that from an execution standpoint. You know, and, and we deal with companies at very, very sensitive times. Yep. Right. It, you know, the, the best CRM migration, major CRM migration is, is disruptive and frustrating. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, that we don't regularly just want to kill each other by the time we're done. <laughs> and again, we do want to kill each other at points in the journey. I was going to say, but, <laughs> but, but you know what? That's a feature. It's not a bug because that's what happens when people care and you've got diversity of opinion and viewpoint. And Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, I don't want it to take 17 weeks or 13 weeks or 12 weeks or two weeks or one week. Or yeah, I don't want to. Um, why does this need custom development? Because it does. What? Why doesn't that application have this capability in? in? I, I, I don't know. I, 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 they, they, I'm not part of the, you know. I get it. You should be for again. So it's so like those things happen, but when we fall out of our point of view, when we become overly accommodating and we get out of that, we lose. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and so solving for the customer means we have a belief, like I, I firmly believe there is a way to do this. Mm -hmm. At least there is a way that we know how to do this. When we do it this way, we know the probability of working is at its best. And, and if you don't like this way of doing, that's totally fine. Don't work with us. That's okay, right? If you don't have that, then again, you can't have that point of view. And that, like all of that stuff can't be owned by the same team. And so what this, I'm sorry, you had a question and I kind of- No, I was going to ask you if it's not, if it's not RevOps job to determine the focal point, whose job is it? Well, I would say that it, it's senior management. However, I mean, if, I mean, tell However, me the size of the company, it might okay. be the board, it might be, but- but I would say at the end, if you had to ask me who as an individual, I would say over and above everything else, that is the job of the CEO. I mean, look, if everybody agrees on something, the CEO is totally unnecessary. 
This is true. Yeah. When, when everybody agrees on something, this should not be something that, you know, unless you're a, we're a small company, right? Yep. And, and I would say 50% of, of the decisions that get made here, if not more than that, I have no idea. Yeah. And, and by the way, most people consider me a control freak, just right. Which I am a little. Yep. Yeah. But in certain aspects. Right. My job is to come in when, when there's conflict, when there's confusion, when there's ambiguity. When, when a decision can't be made. <laughs> right. Um, my, my job is to determine, and sometimes I do it well and sometimes I do it crappy. My job is to determine when should more time be spent investigating building consensus? When is it time to say, hey, guess what, guys? Yeah. Uh, hey, guess what, y'all? It's, it's, guess what, folks? It's time, the, it, it's time to take the bus out of the garage. We're gone. Yep. Right. The, so, so that focal point, you know, it, it should not be dictated. It should not be like, you know, it's not authoritarianism, but, but at the end of the day, as you know, as my mom always liked to say, a camel is a horse built, is a horse built by committee. If, if, if someone doesn't have the responsibility, yep. um, you know, what's the chief product officer's job at the, you know, at, at a, you know, high performing tech company's job. 90% of the time you should be at, like, if you're asking the question, I don't know what the hell the chief product officer does. You yeah. probably have a good organization, right? That means things are working, you know, because again, what, what you want to do is, is move that decision-making down, right? That that's what clarity and alignment is about. You know, and, and I think one of the things as we're talking about this, one of the things we're kind of off the topic that I started off with, but still worthy, you know, one of our core principles, different from our core values, just in case anyone goes to our website and says, I don't see that. <laughs> one of our core principles on execution is, you know, agency is critical. Right? Mm -hmm. And and one of the things that process does with humans very, very badly, and this is why I say we're, you know, we're auto-tuning our salespeople. Um, we're, we're, we're turning salespeople into chatbots. <laughs> auto-tuning our salespeople, I like that. Um, is we, we're taking away choice. Yeah. Here's your, ask, you know, here's this, this, this. I mean, outside of the fact that that a, a decision and a conversation is not a linear step one, step two, step three. It is a pinball machine. Outside of the fact that it's the wrong thing, the moment you take agency out of it the moment i feel like i don't make choice i'm no longer invested which means i don't even hear what's being said right i don't well, know what's happening and yeah and i as somebody who used to be the 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 sales preventer the sales ops person who who very much said well you do it that way because that's how you do it and that's how you do it and i i've having seen what i've seen and worked with sales reps now for myriad of years here i I have totally come over on the other side of that, of the importance of agency, the importance of explaining the why, and the importance of why RevOps shouldn't shouldn't own own that piece of it. Because when well, they do, you remove those aspects of it, and it, it's less effective. Th th this is going to be off the topic of, and and you may or may not pick up on this metaphor, <clears throat> but for years, people told Kevin Euclid, "You can't hit a baseball that way." Yeah. Um, I, I think if anyone has seen the movie Moneyball, I think if I remember the line correctly, Euclid is Greek for God of hitting a baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And he had the most, you know, he had, he had one hand like almost halfway up the bat. That's not yeah. how you do it. 
right? Well, well, luckily he found the right hitting coaches that were like, hey, if you get the bat to the right place, you, you do whatever you have to do so that at the points that matter, right? Jim Fur if anybody's ever watched Jim Furyk swing a golf club, by no means like that that golf swing should be, you know, a weekend duffer not one of the greatest golfers of all time. And I know he's not one of the greatest, greatest of all professional golfers, but the fact that he paid on the tour for the length, he's one of the greatest golfers of all time of the millions of people who play golf. Right. It, it's understanding that there's a lot of ways to get where you want to go. What matters where RevOps is important is helping to determine where that matters. Yeah. But, but again, that only, that only generates juice if there's enough force, right? If, if things aren't blowing up, I don't need a fire department. Right. Right. And, and, and if things aren't blowing up, I don't need fire prevention. Yeah. Cause by the way, you know what, here's the problem with, with sales and here's the problem with fast growth. It's a fire. It is. So, so if your mindset is fire prevention, like imagine yeah. if you had a fire prevention mindset over the last two years. Oh, <laughs> We wouldn't, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have grown like we, well, like, but see, I think it's worse than that. I think it's worse than we wouldn't have grown. I, I, I think we would have, I think we would have receded because a, I don't know where we were, you know, is that sustainable? We, we, cause you know, think, think about the vitality that's come into our business because of the people that we've hired and how it's hiring and everyone, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, at, at, at some point when you're looking at the same six people on zoom, at some point you're kind of like, Okay. Yeah. You'd be, you know, now it's like, Oh wait, who, who's on, wait, who's, Oh, who's that? Oh yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. And that, and that, huh, I was thinking about all the fires that we had gone through, by the way, it wasn't, it wasn't the comment of fire prevention. It was just me reliving. And, and, and but, but it's all been good. Like that's all. Well, that's no, all it been, hasn't all been good, but it was, it was good from the standpoint that it was growth and it was learning. And, but, but what my point is, everyone says, I'm like, Hey, we're, you know, Hey, we, Oh my God, that's great. You've, you know, you've tripled in the last 15 months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's exciting. It's not always great. That's, right? that's fair. And then they go, <laughs> Oh, but that's a good problem to have. And, and I want to ask somebody, what is a good problem? <laughs> right. Like, you know, four years ago I was losing sleep. Will we be able to get to the point where we can hit the numbers where this where, where the juice is worth the squeeze for our key people. Yeah. But, but by the way, think about this. If what happened, you know, if we had prevented fires, how much less money would you be making today? Less. Probably 30 <laughs> to 40%. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. How much less would each, because by the way, our team hasn't only grown. Everybody's gotten yeah. raises. Yep. Everyone's gotten more responsibility. Everyone's feeling more apart, right? Yep. Do we have fires? Hell yeah, we have fires every day are, are are we getting to the point where maybe we need like are we going to begin to build some rev ops we might but you know what everybody we are a rev ops provider that does not have our own internal rev ops department and you want to know why because we don't need it <laughs> i mean we we do rev ops right but we need more you know as we get more momentum when we have three four five six seven salespeople. i mean here's one point yeah, and, and this is a company on the path to Series A, the company I'm talking about. You know, right now they have, you know, two to three salespeople, depending upon how you talk about that. Well, well, here's the difficulty. I can only get so much speed with two to three people. 
Yeah. And and you want to talk about solving problems upstream? Well, if you don't have throughput, if you don't have a certain number of at-bats, like if I worked with kids hitting and they said, okay, take three swings. Okay, here's what you need to do. Yeah. Right? So, so like what should they do? Candidly, what they should do is they should take the money that, that they're spending with us. And, and if you're listening, we do this, by the way, if you're interested. And, and put it towards, you know, actually what they need more than anything else is they need, they, they need and, and I was thinking about, might we be able to fill this role? And I'm actually come to the conclusion, we, we can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to put somebody in charge of growing their sales team. Um, yeah. That, that, that owns that completely. And you know what? You know, I, I think, you know, this may mean that they don't work with us. And I hope desperately, and I, and I think that might be the right thing. I hope desperately that they build that momentum. And when that momentum is up and now they need, you know, where, where, where the operations focus does mean something, I hope desperately we get to get, we get to get back in there, but, but it is a place where if you're not at a critical mass of, of momentum, if you don't have a certain amount of force and yep. a certain amount of clarity, you've got to figure those things out or, or there's no path to optimize. Yep. And that's an example of why RevOps isn't always the place you focus on. Yep. So what's your takeaway? Right. My the audience. My big takeaway is is it's not RevOps' job to determine the focal point. I think that's that's my big and 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 without someone there to determine the focal point, there is no plot. And so you can't you can't have RevOps without a plot. And 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 just so everybody is clear. So no one misunderstands. We are not saying RevOps should not contribute to determining the focal point. And 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 by the way, the other thing to understand too is RevOps should not get locked on the focal point because especially in early stages or in high transition stages, i.e. when you start to really hit growth, that focal point is going to change. And if you're building everything for this single focal point, you are not going to build a robust system. You're going to build a very rigid, fragile system because it will only work in a single condition. And that's a recipe for failure. Yep. And that's all I have. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> oh, I got one more thing to say, Jeff. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Wait. Me want cookie. Wait for it, guys. There it is. And I really, I'm off to have some lunch. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Until next time, everybody, play your hand well. And that's a wrap on this episode of the RevOps Show. Who would have thought that there would ever be a time that RevOps wasn't the solution to a company's problems? This just goes to show that you have to analyze your situation and really figure out what it is you're wanting to solve for. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about RevOps, or if you have any disagreeing opinions on anything Doug had to say today, email me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at Demand Creator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.